Good morning, Calvary family. How are you this morning? Welcome to all of you in the room. It is so good to be together. Gathering is important, as well as our online family and friends. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time and the effort to tune in this morning as well. Uh, this morning has been a unique morning because I know that there are many people within our family that are facing different challenges. There are things that are coming against them. A couple of you I have prayed with personally this morning. Um, and we believe that Jesus is a healer and that Jesus is a helper in all circumstances. And so this morning, for those of you who are at home or who are in other places and you are battling, you battle by faith, you move forward by faith, and you are an overcomer, you are a miracle, and I'm grateful for you. This church is praying for you, and our prayer team continues to pray for you. Listen, this is not a time to be weak. It's not a time to shrink back. It's not a time for doubt. Those things are human. Those things are natural. But the children of God, the sons and the daughters of Jesus, they rise up by faith. And how much faith does it take to overcome in a time like this? How much faith does it take? It takes the faith of a mustard seed. We talked about that last week. And last week as we start this new series called All In, let me remind you, it's just better to be in the boat with Jesus than to be anywhere else. It's just better to be in the boat with Jesus than it is to be anywhere else. We looked at Mark chapter 4 last week, and we saw that the disciples, they're out in the water, they're in the boat, and the storm comes up, and it's a furious squall, the scriptures say, and water begins to fill the boat, and they think they're going to perish, they think they're going to drown, they think that everything is over. Where's Jesus? I mean, that's what happens so many times in our lives, in our challenges, in our struggles of faith. Well, Jesus, where are you? Guess where Jesus is? He's in the boat. He's right there with you. And it's funny because in Mark chapter 4, what we realize is that Jesus was asleep in the boat. Why was Jesus asleep in the boat? Because he was in charge. You know, they worried, but he didn't. And we talked about it. He was asleep where? He was asleep on a cushion. He was fine. He had dialed up his sleep number. He was good. Do you know what woke them up? My wife reminded me of this this week. She said, you know, I, do you know what stood out to me? We had a Wednesday night dialogue here as a part of our new all-in emphasis this fall. And, and we do half of Wednesday night online for those that miss Sunday. So we kind of do a a retalk back through Sunday, and then we have our, our in-the-room audience where we do personal discussion. Um, and it was awesome because she said, do you know what Jesus heard? He didn't wake up for the storm. He didn't wake up for the waves. He didn't wake up because there was the commotion of the boat filling up. Do you know what Jesus responded to? His children crying out to him. That's what Jesus responds to. This morning, as we move forward into Mark chapter 6, you're going to see again that there's another boat. There's another boat moment. And I wonder, as we look through this series, how long it will take us to realize a lot of these lessons about the storms of life that we, that we face, that we fight. How many times did Jesus have to go through the same scenario with his followers then? You know, sometimes these storms, these challenges, they come at us multiple times. And we're, God, where are you? Jesus, what's going on? Jesus, uh, are you in charge? What's, what's happening now? And Jesus like, 
I showed you once. You want me to show you again? Okay, well, he shows them again. So go ahead and take your Bibles and begin to turn to Mark chapter 6. As you're turning to Mark chapter 6, let me remind you of our of our all-in emphasis as we've started this fall again. It was good this morning to see community, Bible study, groups gathered on campus, studying God's Word, building relationships, being together, because gathering in community matters, especially now. Having relationships with people that are going to build you up, pray for you, encourage you. And so at 9 a.m., we had groups all across campus. And as you continue online to feel comfortable and safe, we provide that environment here. We encourage you, get into community, get into Bible study. That's what will help your faith grow. That's what will encourage you as a person, regardless of where you are, how you're living, what place of service you have. We do that at 9 a.m. And then that allows us to jump right into church at 1030. And then also to follow up again on Wednesday nights, which was really fun this past week. Mark chapter 6. I'm going to ask you to do something we haven't done in a while. But in honor of the word of God, I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's stand in honor of God's word to us as we read Mark chapter 6. Just a few verses. Verse 45 through 52. This is what the Bible teaches us. Immediately. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and he made them go ahead of him to the other side of Bethsaida while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land and seeing them straining at the oars for the wind was against them at about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea and he intended to pass by them but when they saw him walking on the sea they supposed that it was a ghost and they cried out for they all saw him and they were terrified. But immediately he spoke with them and he said to them. This is what Jesus said to them in the boat, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the sea. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them. And the wind stopped. And they were utterly astonished. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the lows, but their heart was hardened. Now, faith is a journey. And at different moments, our faith, regardless of where we come from, regardless of what life stage we may be in, at times, our faith is challenged. And we either have this moment to recognize, okay, um, my heart is going to be hard toward the things of God, and therefore, I'm going to depend upon my flesh, my strength, my intellect, what I hear, the noise, the news, the challenges. I'm going to get lost in what I see around me. And we're not going to have an open heart that is sensitive to say, God, I know who you are. And I know what you can do. And I'm going to trust you no matter what. There's, there's a response there. Today, I, I want to help you with a very simple 
phrases. I went over this passage again and again and again. Something just kept resonating in my heart. And I want this to resonate with you today, regardless of where you come from, regardless of what you're walking through, regardless of what storm is raging against the boat of your life. My God walks on water. My God walks on water. Can you, can you embrace this for a moment? Your God, if you are a child of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ, your God walks on water. He walks on water. Now, if I let that sink into the reality of my world today, that Jesus walks on water. Now, I don't. Last time I checked and Maybe some of you tried, you don't, but he does. And therefore, in any season of life challenge, storm that comes against you, he's not only in the boat with you, but he's God. He's in charge. He has the authority. And if he can walk on water, then what else can he not do for you and me? as his sons and daughters through faith. Let me pray for us. God, I just pray that by the simple power of your Holy Spirit that you will say exactly what each one of your sons and daughters needs to hear today. And I offer this humbly because only you can do that. But I pray that by your word you will speak powerfully and you will strengthen your children today to trust in you, Jesus, as the Son of God who walks on water. In your name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. He walks on water. Now, in our lives, we, we want to walk on water. But before we can ever walk on water or overcome any challenge, we have to understand that it's Jesus that walks on water. It's trusting in him. It's looking at him that allows us to walk on water. Many of you, if you've been in church for any season of your life or any time, this story echoes of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. That's where the alternative is found. And, and you read about Simon Peter in this story, and we'll look at that at one point. Simon Peter, he says, well, Jesus, if it's you, um, tell me to come on out on the water. And Jesus says, come on. There's only one problem. Simon Peter sinks, but Jesus doesn't. Simon Peter has this lapse of faith. But Jesus is in charge. He's in control. And we'll look at that story later. But I, I want this to, to be able to set in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. And to provide you with strength today. Your God, if you have trusted by faith, personally, authentically, genuinely in Jesus. And you have surrendered the throne of your heart and your soul to Jesus Christ as your Savior. Then your God, your Jesus... He walks on water. If he can walk on water, then he can handle everything else, even today, even right now. I know that many of you um, online, I, I call you walking miracles. And for some of you in the room, um, we've walked through some interesting times together over the last months. And, and the reality is there are some miracle people even in this church because your faith and the power of people of faith around you praying for you has walked you out of sentences that other people would have placed on you that ultimately you would have been gone. But you're a walking miracle. 
I walked in Bible study this morning, saw one of our faithful members. Miracle. Got a text this weekend from one of our members and faithful parts of this family on the North Shore, was in the ICU and out and off oxygen. Miracle. Jesus walks on water. Jesus is the one who has authority over the winds and the wave. And if he has authority over the winds and the wave, then child of God, he has authority over your life. Every detail, every speck, every little portion, every little cell, every single circumstance. But do you realize that for us as Christians, just like the rest, at times it's just hard to sift through everything else that's coming against us and trust him. The disciples had that problem. They are just like us. I mean, it helps me as a person, and I know that it helps you as a person to realize, hey, those who saw him, walked with him, were in the boat with him, they had problems too. And if they struggled in their faith, well, then that gives me a little bit of hope, gives you a little bit of hope that, boy, if they did it in his generation, then when we have those moments where we struggle too, yeah, that's a part of the humanity, but we don't want to stay there. We want to be able to trust him. Last week, I shared a story um, about one of my fishing endeavors, being in the boat, and how a friend of mine and I coming up the Mississippi River tried to split two thunderstorms, and they just closed in on us. It was, it was a great experience. I have another one. I have a lot of these moments for some reason. And uh, a few years ago, I was with a dear friend here in the church, and we were down in Grand Isle, and we were out. It was one of those summer times, and we're out fishing with a couple of guys, um, and it was interesting because on this occasion, um, the storm, we're actually parked. There's no way to get back to where we're going. And the storm actually comes up on us rather quickly up out of the Gulf because Grand Isle, we're down there close to the Gulf. And it, it just comes up. And, and again, this fascinating moment happens because on these 100-degree days where it's so hot, hot, when a thunderstorm's coming your way on the water, the temperature drops quick. I mean, it just starts dropping. And so all of a sudden, you, you, you're in your short sleeves, right, in your shorts, and you're sweating. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of chilly. It gets kind of cold. And the wind starts picking up. And in this occasion, when we're out there and we're exposed down there around Gulf out, Grand Isle out in the bay there, um, we see these camps off in the distance. Now, we don't know whose camps they are. But it's the only form of shelter that we see. So literally the, the rain comes in and, and the, the white caps come up and the water changes. And, and we're making our run to these camps. And we get there just in time and, and we tie up um, downwind of these things. And the wind, the, the, the wind is hitting the camp and the storm is blowing through. And it's cold. The, the water is stinging on the skin. But this camp, praise God for it, because it provided shelter from the storm that was coming our way. And we're tied up there. And, and again, I'm in the boat with the captain. So I'm at the mercy of the captain. And the captain made a good choice for myself, himself, and the friends that were in the boat at that time. And we pull up and it's, here it is. It's like this safe harbor. And you could literally watch the storm go by us, over us. I mean, the water is choppy and white capping and it's, it's blowing by and it's fierce, but we have shelter. We're protected. It's going literally right by us 
And, of course, we put on these uh, outfits, these frog tog outfits that are supposed to protect you from the rain. I think if you just want to get wet, you put those on because then you sweat underneath it, right? And then it's just soaked anyways. You don't need a rainstorm. They didn't help much, but the shelter did. And the storm just comes, goes over, and it passes. Isn't it interesting that every storm in life passes? But when you're in the midst of it, it's fierce. When you're in the midst of the storm, you genuinely, you can't see the other side of it. So regardless of what storm it may be that you're facing, yes, when it comes and it beats and it's against you, it's fierce. And you cannot see the other side of it. But it's kind of like we say down here in South Louisiana and New Orleans, just give it 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and it'll change. Because I remember on that day, it was just a matter of time, and it wasn't long. We're back out, it's hot, and we're catching fish again. It had blown by. Now, the storms of life, there's no guarantee for how long they last, what storm it is, what's coming against you. But when you understand that Jesus walks on the water of those storms, those storms, he basically says the best place for the storms are beneath his feet. He's not phased by the storm, regardless of its duration or its intensity. He's not phased by that. Why? Because he is the Son of God and he has authority over that. Here's a life lesson today because as we think about walking on water, if you're taking notes, I think this will help you and encourage you this week as you meditate on this passage and as you perhaps deal with some of the challenges that are coming your way, that come my way, that come our way as men and women of faith. Here's what I know that Jesus needed to teach his disciples and we also need to be reminded of it today. It takes courage to trust Jesus. It takes courage to trust Jesus. And it especially takes courage to trust Jesus when you're in the midst of the battle of your life or the storms that come your way. Jesus had to remind his disciples as he walked on the water, take courage, take courage. Does anyone need courage today as you think about what you're processing maybe with your job or perhaps with your family or perhaps in other relationships or, or perhaps with some of the circumstances of our local community or the circumstances of our world? It takes courage. And it takes courage to trust that Jesus is in charge of your life even in the midst of the storms. When I look at this passage, there are a few things that stand out. And I want to highlight these today because I think this is important for you and I to know as we think about being in the boat with Jesus, as we think about Jesus being with us through any storm, as we think about the fact that my God, your God, our Savior, He walks on water. There are some things that stand out to me from this passage, and I think they're going to strengthen you regardless of where you come from today. The first thing that stands out very clearly as I read this passage is that Jesus told them, Jesus said to them, get in the boat. As a matter of fact, the first verse that we read, if you want to look at the translation, Jesus did not suggest, 
He did not give an opinion. He wasn't just offering this insight. The Bible tells us with an imperative, Jesus made them get in the boat. Now, I want that to sink in just a moment to how you're processing your life, your mind, your heart, your strength, your soul, your circumstances. Jesus made them get in the boat. Jesus told them, get in the boat. And Jesus gave them an order, a directive. I want you to get in the boat, and I want you to go to the other side. We, so many times in our mind, we look at the storm. So many times in our mind, we want to be like Simon Peter, and we want to walk on water, but we forget how we got there in the first place. And we believe in some regard that maybe we got there perhaps by our own doing. The circumstance of life. Well, maybe I did something wrong. Or maybe God's not pleased with me. Or maybe God doesn't love me. Or maybe I don't. Maybe I deserve what's going on. Or, or, or maybe somebody else is in charge. And, and you believe this whole rabbit hole. And you begin to chase all types of things. And it messes with your mind. What's fascinating in this moment about Jesus for his children and his followers is it he knows exactly where you need to be when you need to be how you need to get there and he says listen if you're with me get in the boat if you're with me get in the boat I mean you you have a choice you can either get in the boat that Jesus tells you to get in and you can be safe there even when the storms come your way or you can get in the boat of your friends or you can get in the boat of someone else. You can get in somebody else's boat. But Jesus told his followers, look, I know what's best for you. Do you think that Jesus knew a storm was going to come? I mean, he's better than the weatherman, I think, you know. He knew the storm was going to come. Storms are inevitable. They're going to come. A rainy day is going to, hum, going to come in your life. Just wait. It will happen for everyone. Jesus knew that. And he also knew that the best place to be when the storm came was in the boat. The boat that he provided. The boat that he said, now listen, get in this boat. And it took courage to trust Jesus before the storm ever hits. They didn't know the storm was coming. They didn't know the storm was going to hit. They did not know this. It took faith and courage to trust Jesus when it was all good. What happens for us so many times is we only want to jump on the bandwagon of Jesus when it's bad. But we have to trust him when it's good. We have to have courage even when things are going the right way to follow him then so that when the storm comes, we're not panicking. We're not fretting. We're not losing our minds or our control. We have to be able to trust him when he says, get in the boat, the boat of faith. For some of you, that means by faith, you stepping out with Jesus for the first time in your relationship with him. Because maybe you've done it your own way or the way of others, but you've never gone all in on Jesus. And if you've never gone all on, in on Jesus, well, that takes courage. It takes courage to place your life in the hands of God. I mean, it sounds easy, but it's not. Why? Because it's a lot easier to follow everything else that feels good, that sounds good, that we think is good. It's a lot easier to just be normal. But to be different, to be a person of faith, to get in the boat that Jesus provides is very important. And Jesus made them get in the boat. 
I think that's powerful for you and I today as we think about whatever it is that is coming against you as a follower. We as children of God, the people of our country and of our world. Listen, Jesus has an answer. Get in the boat. Get in the boat that he provides. Get in the boat that he says. Get in the way, get in the direction that he's going, and he will get you safely to the other side. He will get you from shore to shore, and he will navigate you through the storms of life. And guess what? He'll also be with you. When I look at this passage, he said, get in the boat. Do you know what else was fascinating about this passage? Jesus never took his eye off of them. What did Jesus go to do? This, this story is a powerful story because if you, if you put it in chronological order in the Scripture, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, whom he was close to, whom there was this moment between Mary right, and, and John's mother where the baby leaps in the womb. You know, there's this moment of connection. There's this holy spiritual connection between these two. And they grow up together. And John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus. He tells people, repent and turn to God. Turn from your ways and turn to God. And people were believing and being baptized. And he's the precursor to Jesus. Well, Herod doesn't like that John the Baptist is getting more pressed than he is. So he takes him out. He has him beheaded. On this very day that the disciples are going through the storm in the boat. See, Jesus gets the news that his cousin, whom he loves, whom he's connected to, John the Baptist, who has done nothing wrong other than calling a spade a spade and sin a sin and telling people, why don't you just turn to God? But because Herod, the ruler of that time frame, did not like that message, he has John the Baptist in prison and beheaded and Loses his life. Immediately after that, this crowd gathers because they know Jesus is a miracle worker. They know Jesus is this awesome individual. I mean, he can gather a crowd unlike anyone else. And so this crowd comes and they're hungry. And so Jesus has this bad news that his cousin, John the Baptist, has been beheaded. And then all these people are really needy right now for a miracle. They want Jesus to do something and they're hungry. They've listened to him speak all day. So what does he do? few loaves and some fish he feeds 5,000 which by the way 5,000 they just counted the heads of the gentlemen there so you know that it was a whole lot more the women and the children also it's the same day and after Jesus has worked and dealt with emotional turmoil he's worked physically and done this miracle what does he do he tells his disciples look get in this boat and go to the other side and I'll be there eventually I'm going to go up to the mountain to pray. Isn't it fascinating in the midst of that moment where he's dealt with loss, that moment where he's worked hard all day long to teach and to help people and to provide for their needs physically and to provide direction for his disciples, what does Jesus do? He goes to a time and a place to get alone with God. He goes to a time and a place where he can tune out the noise, where he can tune out all of the other stuff, and he can be on the mountaintop experience alone with God. We all need that when the storms of life come our way. We all need that to remind us that regardless of the loss or the hard work 
or the challenges that we are going to face, you need a mountaintop moment, which means it is a private, isolated, secluded moment where you get alone with your heavenly Father and you can talk to Him about everything. Why? Because that will equip you and empower you to face everything else that's ahead of you. That's where the strength comes from. And therefore, even in the midst of that moment where he's talking with God, the Bible says, and while he's praying, while he's talking with the Father, he can see. Now, here's the practical reality of what Jesus can see. This will blow your minds. Are you ready for this? Where are the disciples right now as Jesus is praying? They're in the boat, right? And there's a storm going on, right? And they're caught in the middle of it. In the middle of what? Not just in the middle of the storm. Where does the Bible tell us that the disciples are? They are in the middle of the sea. And Jesus is up on the mountain and it says he can see them straining at the oars. He's on the mountain praying. He's on the mountain talking to God. And in the midst of the storm, listen, I've, I've lived through some storms. I've been in practical storms rainstorms you cannot see the other side of a storm but Jesus can you can be in the middle of a mess but you're not far from Jesus the Bible tells us that not only you tell them to get in the boat but that he was able to keep his eye on them that at the moment that they thought they were going to perish he's like okay God got to get back to business and he's right there with them that fast. God never takes his eye off of you. Jesus never has a moment where you're too far away. There's always a point where he can reach you, child of God, or those who are searching. You're never beyond the sight and the reach of the Savior, the one who walks on water. And he did the impossible to get to them. He took off on foot. They're in the middle of the sea. And he walks toward them. But I find this part fascinating. Here's the second thing about the story that is just absolutely incredible. Jesus not only told them, get in the boat. But the Bible tells us he sees them. He goes to them. He's right there with them. He knows they're struggling. He knows they're straining. And then you get this incredible moment. You don't think God has a sense of humor? God has a great sense of humor. They're in the boat. They're rowing. The storm's raging. They're going through this struggle. And Jesus kind of walks right on by. What's up? Hey, Simon Peter, how you doing over there? I'm dying. James and John, sons of thunder, how you like me now? Jesus, help. Come on. Doubting Thomas, where are you at? I know you've been doubting. You want to doubt a little bit right now? You can drown. Hey, here I am. And he's going to literally stroll right on by on the water walk right on by Jesus's intent was to walk right by now what does that tell you what does that tell you about that holy moment listen to be in the boat with Jesus is the best place to be ever right and sometimes you're in the boat and you may feel like Jesus is not with you, but he is. He's right there. You may not see him, but he sees you. You may not know that he's going to help, but he's going to help. He's right there. Jesus knew in this moment again that his children were going to be okay. 
He wasn't going to let them perish, wasn't going to let them drown, wasn't going to let them suffer. No, he just needed to remind them, hey guys, here I am. Second time, Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 6, second storm, second real moment that they're struggling. This time, he's not asleep on the cushion. This time, he's walking right on by. Now, can you imagine that? For just a moment, because so many times when things are going our way and, and we feel God is far away and he's not with us, what do we start doing? We start complaining. I mean, most people I know, we, we start complaining, we start whining, we start talking about how bad the storm is, how bad people are, how bad this position is or that position or, or this situation. That's what we start doing. <laughs> Jesus just smile and wave. Hey guys, I'm right here. You might want to look over this way and stop looking at all this other stuff. I'm right here. And then when they see him, they don't go, oh, it's Jesus. We're good. Then when they see him, they start freaking out. Ah, it's a ghost. <laughs> they get a little, I don't know, super spiritual maybe. They start going, maybe it's an apparition. Maybe it's something. And Jesus is like, no, it's me, guys. And do you realize that Jesus knew they were going to be okay? Jesus had the authority over the storm. Jesus, all he had to do was just walk on by and remind them. But yet for their lapse of faith and their struggle in that moment, that wasn't good enough. So they call out to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? I love this. Because, you know, sometimes we, we as people, we want to teach hard lessons. Or we think someone needs to learn a hard lesson. Um, Jesus in the midst of the storm, though, went ahead and reminded his disciples, okay, you need me in the boat, I'll get in the boat. You know, it tells me that in the storms of life, Jesus is with you even when he doesn't seem like he is. And guess what? You may be straining at the oars of life. You may be straining against the storm. But you're going to be okay, child of God. Son of God, daughter of God, you're going to be okay. Your God, he walks on water. And he's right there with you. He's never taken his eye off of you. He is in the process, the Bible says, of interceding, praying deeply for you in heaven. That's what Jesus is doing right now. But in case you need another reminder, he's going to walk by. You're going to see him. He's going to come through. And yes, guess where he is when you need him the most? He's in the boat. He told him to get in there. He intended to walk on by, but I believe Jesus did those things to teach them this final lesson that we'll close with today. And Jesus just simply needed to remind them, just like he needs to remind us today, Jesus showed them who he was. Jesus showed them who he was, and Jesus today needs to remind you and I, or perhaps show you and I today, who he is. You see, the thing about it is, um, people don't walk on water. They just don't. Uh, people don't come back from the grave. Not in this life, they don't. People don't just have these miraculous moments occur. Unless the Son of God shows up and does something beyond the norm. Jesus showed them who he was. This, this moment is another reminder. Because remember in Mark chapter 4, they said, Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this man who can take 
a few loaves and some fish and multiply them to feed this crowd. Who is this man that literally the storms are so small to him that they are beneath his feet, that he can walk on water? Who is this man? He is the Son of God, God in the flesh, the only one worthy of our worship, who has the extreme and ultimate authority over all things in life, all things in life. And as the Son of God, he is the one in whom we as his children, we as his church, people, men and women of this city, of this community, of this state, of this nation, and of this world. He is Jesus Christ, God's Son, and he has authority over everything. He is the Son of the Almighty God. That's who he is, and he hasn't changed. He did that then, and guess what? In your life today, he can do the same. When you are this person who trusts in him by faith. He is the God that can do miracles. He is the God that says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You know, so many times we will, we will water down Scripture. I've heard a lot of people watering down Scripture to try to use it for their perspective lately. In multiple ways, people trying to make God fix their box. But I think that God doesn't really fit the box that so many of us try to squeeze him in. Do not be afraid and do this, or do not be afraid and do that. Thinking about current context and choices and situations, those things, to put Jesus in a small box and say, do not be afraid and do this, we're not talking about something small like the challenges that we face today. We're talking about God walking on water. We're not talking about, do not be afraid, so take this. Do not be afraid, so stand up to this. Don't get lost in a lower level of thinking and in a small level of faith regarding your soul and your strength and your mind and your heart. Don't get lost in that. The Son of God walks on water. The Son of God controls your storm. And when you need peace and you cry out to Him in prayer, He is a God that does immeasurably beyond anything that humanity can do to solve the problems that come your way. He's not just a slot machine that you drop a quarter in and go, ka-ching, God, fix this. He is beyond that. He is God. And if he controls the storms and he walks on the waves, then the things that we face today are totally in his hand. His authority is so much better than the authority that we so many times surrender away in our lives because... Of fear because of doubt because of storms child of God family member of faith your God walks on water your Savior who rescued your soul is also in the boat did you notice what Jesus did he didn't just keep walking on by he stepped out of the storm again got into the boat 
and everything went calm. The peace of God is what we all need. The presence of the Savior is what his church needs. And the only thing that kept the disciples of then and the disciples of today from experiencing the fullness of the power of the Son of God was that their hearts, the Bible tells us, were still hardened. My prayer for you today is that your heart wouldn't be hardened. But that perhaps if there's anything that has blocked your relationship with God. It's not that he ever took his eye off of you. It's not that he went up to the mountain and left you alone. It's not that he sent you out in a boat that you can't handle. It's not that he's really just going to walk on by and leave you alone. He is the son of God. And if perhaps even now you as a child of faith would say, God, sensitize my heart to you. God, open up my heart to you. I want to trust you in the midst of this storm. Jesus, you walk on water, so I need you to walk on the waters of my life in my heart. Jesus, I need your miracle power. I need your help. Jesus, I trust in you. If we would soften our hearts and not harden them, then that's when those miracles, that's when those moments, that's when those storms begin to change. That's when the clouds begin to part. You begin to be able to see the other side and you make it because you walk through with Jesus. Child of God, that's you today. That's my prayer for you today. So here's what I'd like to do. This morning, I know that in reality, we all need a strengthening of faith. And if it was good enough for Jesus to pray, then what a great reminder for us to do the same. This morning, I, I want all of us, both in the room and in our online family, I want us to take a moment and do business with the Almighty. I want us to take a moment to pray. And here's perhaps the way that you need to pray today. For some of you, it is genuinely true that you do not have a living relationship with Jesus. And you don't want to miss out on the relationship that comes from knowing the one who walks on the seas of your life. So perhaps today for some of you, it's time to say, Jesus, I've done it my way. I've heard it other people's way, but I'm ready to follow you your way. And maybe in our prayer time today, that's your commitment. Jesus, I'm going to turn by faith to you. Perhaps you've already done that as a child of God, as a son and a daughter of Jesus. And today, you need to pray over an area of your life that's blocking your faith, that's blocking your relationships. You want to lay that down, something that's maybe hardened your heart. You want to open your heart up to the Lord. And today, that moment is a moment to pray. I'm going to give us time to do that, and then I want us to do something very specifically. I believe that if God's people who are called by his name will humble themselves will seek his face will turn from their wicked ways and they will pray then I know that he will hear from heaven he will forgive their sins and by the almighty power of the one who walks on the water he will heal their land I want us to pray for our land that's what I want us to do. I want us to pray for our city, for our communities. I want us to pray for our state. And yes, I want us to pray for our country and for those 
who are struggling all around our world. Children of God, let's prepare our hearts now and let's pray. With bowed heads, closed eyes perhaps, but most importantly, a humble heart, we pray. And Father, this morning I thank you for your children who are listening to your Holy Spirit speak. And right now there are some who need to come close to you, to be saved by you, to begin a relationship with you through trusting in Jesus as their Savior and their Lord. So right now for any man, any woman, any student who is hearing your Spirit speak to their heart and they know that's their step today then Jesus hear their heart and if that's you simply say to God God thank you for loving me thank you for showing me truth and the power of faith in your son Jesus and today I turn my heart my soul my mind and my strength to Jesus your son save me and now lead me forward as your son or daughter in Jesus name and if that's you today that is step one for you Christian as you are there today and you're praying already over your life, perhaps there's something that has hardened your heart and you need to lay that down, then I encourage you right now to pray from the depths of who you are. God, you know me. God, you see me. God, you have not forgotten me. And you still can change the circumstances around me. So today, I ask you, open my heart by faith once again. Remove the scales that blind me and the hardness that covers me. And renew within me a steadfast spirit to follow you. For those of you who in any form have prayed those prayers, it's a part of cleansing your heart. And now as a child of God, I want us to take a moment to pray for those around us. Father, it is by your sovereign divine will that you have placed us in this boat you told us to get in this boat and so as the people of Calvary Baptist Church in New Orleans Louisiana God we thank you for our boat God we pray right now for our neighbors for our friends for our leaders for our city and we pray God for unity not division God we pray for light not darkness God we pray for love and not hate and we pray this because of Jesus the Son of God who walks on water we pray this over our own hearts as well as the hearts of those around us would you soften our hearts and would you soften the hearts of the people to see you, to turn to you. God, yes, we are in a storm. We're in a storm not only in our region, in our city, but in our state and in our nation. So we pray, God, for the, the people, the servants, the leaders, the citizens of our country. God, we open our hearts to you today because we know you are the miracle worker. You are the hope giver. You are the one who brings life in the midst of the storms. And so we ask you supernaturally, beyond the realm of people, to work these miracles over our land. And we give you the credit. 
we give you the praise. We give you the authority because we know who walks on water. We know who sees us. We know who's in the boat. And we lean to you right now on behalf of all those around us. And God, lest we become so proud, let us not forget the people around the world who even on this day struggle, suffer. They search for freedom. They search for hope in places that we know and places that we don't. You are the God who is the one who reaches and sees all. Continue to allow this church to be a light, a city on a hill, a family of faith that is on mission to help people come to know you. And we pray for them right now as you continue to open up ways for us to do our part to help men and women find hope and life in your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for all your sons and daughters gathered here today who are part of this prayer as we lift others up in Jesus' name. Amen. Your Savior walks on water. Your God walks on water. He never forgets you. He never has a moment that he takes his eye off of you. And when you're straining, he's right there and he shows up when you need him the most. That's who we worship. Thank you not only for being a part of that, but also for continuing to pray. Our world needs a lot of prayer, so continue to do that. Thank you for continuing to give. Thank you for your faithfulness in this time. It's allowed us to elevate our ministry and not shrink back. You see, as even you walked in today, there is a lot of paralyzation in our culture. There's a lot of slowing down and shutting down. And I just know that God said by faith, you will not do that. You will not let this church do that. And so you're part of a family of faith. You look outside, you drive by at night. The place is beautiful. It's lit up and we're not done. We are prepared for when this all ends. We're not necessarily lost in the moment of now the storm will end and the shore's on the other side and we're going to get there. We will arrive by your faithfulness and by our faithfulness to the Lord. So thank you for those of you in the room. Thank you for those online. God bless you all. And I want to say one final word. I'm, I'm very grateful we've prayed for our public servants. Sheriff Gusman, thank you for worshiping with us today. Thank you for being here today. We pray. We pray. We pray for all of our leaders. They need it. They need it. And I know that people come from all different types of backgrounds. All I understand that as your pastor. And I love you. But we all need prayer. And our civil servants, they need prayer. We continue to pray for them. And I appreciate you continuing to support this church the way that you do. It means a lot. God bless you all. And I ask that you will remember this. Eyes on Jesus. In the boat. Because the Son of God, your Savior. He walks on water. God bless you all. And good day.